There's war in fucking Syria. There's war in Yemen. There's war all around the world. Fucking Elon Musk sending fucking cars into space. But they can't make tight jeans for me that I won't split. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast, where we make a meal out of movies, and we are back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to take a drink. Scarborough, going to Scarborough, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had holidays, we've had new jobs, hospitals. That's all just me. Uh, it's been a busy fortnight. What have I had? New? Yeah, what have I had? What have I had? I don't even know what I had. Um, I had some popcorn. I remember that day to work. Pretty boring week and a half, to be fair. <laughs> <You're just before. laughs> yeah, it's like. No, I went away and sat in a caravan for a week. Oh, um, amazing. Oh, sorry. I'm your host, Tebs. This is Cormac. Say hello, Cormac. Hey! <laughs> uh, yeah, I sat in a caravan for a week. Um, it was cold and there was no Wi Fi. And you had less TV channels than you've got at home. It was like living in the nineties for a week. It was but like realistically though. What could you do? Like what could you do there? Um, we could go to the bar and sit outside and drink. Okay. Um, we could pay ten quid for fish and chips. Ten quid for how long? For for two fish, two chips? No, no. A fish was like seven sixty. It was from some caravan on the site. I was outraged. I was absolutely. Oh, well, I would be outraged. Did you not ask them? Do you not have a meal deal? Is there no meal deal here with the, there with the no tin of coke? You, there was no meal deal. I actually drove six miles down the coast to the next town to find a chippy that's open, just to pay four pound less. Spite, spite them, Paul. <laughs> I will spend the money on petrol to spend oh, less. I will, I will pollute as well. I will gladly pollute this earth just one little bit more just to spite you for selling me overpriced fish and chips. Um, and uh, then I had I was in hospital and had a procedure. Surgery. Been, just say it. Say it's surgery. Say it's surgery. surgery. I had, I had and, surgery. <laughs> and then I've been limping all week. What did okay. they... Uh, I'm not going to tell you what your, Did they shorten your penis? I don't think they can anymore. I think it goes into a negative. If they had to, they had to shorten that fucking elephant trunk that you had down there. <laughs> it kept knocking on my shoes all, all day long. <laughs> um, so you, you've you had a very quiet one. You're looking, the, the diet is going well, I must say. You're looking... I, I have seen the number 17 on a scale... And it's probably the first time I've seen that number in about four years, five years, maybe. Okay. And yeah, so I am I am quite pleased with myself. It's going well. Listen, it's going well. Like, I'm still walking. The good thing is I'm back at work now, which means I'm doing between 25 and 35,000 steps. I am fucking obsessed with steps. And I, I apologize because I'll probably, you know, start talking about a movie and then I'll start talking about steps. But. 25 to 35,000 steps every day 
I did uh, 153,000 steps the last week. So, yeah, I'm trying to beat 153,000 steps this week. Do you know the way I'm trying to be healthy at work, right? I've probably got to do like a thousand steps to get to the smoking shelter outside. So I <laughs> think I can't be asked walking all that way just to have a cigarette and turn around and come back again. So I just say sat at my desk like a lazy bastard. But it means that every time I'm being lazy, I have one less cigarette. So which you're which help, is, you're helping yourself. You're helping yourself. Do I'm you helping. have a vape? Do you have one of those vape things? Nah, nah. What is that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Have I insulted? Have I insulted the smokers of the world? What? I wouldn't have a vape. A vape? I'm not the, like I'm a, not the one like a, like a youth. Like a youth. <laughs> I'm not the one drinking the zero percent lager. You hipster prick. Listen, I would be an awesome hipster too. I would be tell an awesome about, hipster. Tell me about your range of chutneys that you make on a weekend. Well, there's not chutneys, but you know, I did make salsa last weekend. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but that's 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 not being a hipster. That's that's being uh, conscientious at a barbecue. Well, oh, that, I had a barbecue, and um, did you, what did was you it? do to- tofu? Uh, no, no halloumi cheese. I did have halloumi <laughs> cheese. Yeah, I had halloumi cheese and I had chicken, and I was trying to consciously remember the last time I had a barbecue, and I remember I think I had like three burgers and four sausages and you know and a myriad of other things and this time i had one burger with no bun and i had half a sausage and i had chicken yeah so i'm really fucking boring it's really boring i cannot wait to do a podcast smashed again it's gonna it's <laughs> well the, uh, some i've realized it's our birthday next week do you know what i realized the same thing today because i thought to myself it was around this time that we actually started the podcast. And then yeah. I checked back, went on Spotify and looked up on Spotify. It's the 4th of May that it was yep. posted up. Yeah. Yep. So next week is our birthday episode. So I'm going to have a drink. I think I'm going to have a drink. I, Toast the occasion. I don't know. Well, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see if I, have, I can. We're going to have a quiz. We're going to um, talk Mortal Kombat. So we're doing that next week. Give everybody mm-hmm. a chance to see it. Um 54% of our listeners can see it legally. Let's just, let's just say that. <laughs> uh, private messages on Twitter if you want to find out where you can watch it. And <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to have a quiz. Um, the Phantom Quizzer is coming to try and take Cormac's crown. So uh, tune in for that next week. This week, right, um, we're going to talk trailers. We're going to talk uh, Oscars. We're going to talk Razzies. And then we're going to talk Knives Out, a film very close to Cormac's heart. Knives in! Keep those (laughs) knives in! Um, So first, yeah, we missed some big trailers. Well, we missed two big trailers while we've been away. West Side Story. (laughs) Sorry, I was interrupted there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What was the score, son? Who scored? All right, thank you, son. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, that's our new segment. Ernie reads the football. <laughs> Ernie busts through the guard door and gives the news. Dad, Ar- Dad. Arlene, Arlene, Arlene Foster's retired. What? Dad, the, the sterling is dropped against the dollar at the end of the footsie one. What the fuck? My crypto! My crypto! <laughs> Well, cheers for that, Ernie. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> we had a trailer for. Um, now you love your teaser trailers, don't you? We had a teaser trailer for West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's delayed uh, reboot of the yeah. winning classic musical. 
I, I'll say it. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, what? what is the fucking point? <laughs> West Side Story. West Side Story is one of the best musicals it's ever made. You know, it is of its time. It is of its place. We do not need a remake. Why do people see the need to remake them? I can, we've spoken about this multiple times in the past. If a movie was complete and utter garbage and they want to go, right, we need to we need to reclaim this. Let's do it. Let's do it. But if a movie is fucking awesome, why do you feel the need to remake it? Do you not think in this day and age, a story of two rival gangs, two different cultures, both immigrants, different from different parts of the world in America... No! No, because I don't. I don't want to have. I don't want to know anybody else's culture. And I know what it is. Republicans and Republicans and Democrats, Tories and Labour. But Labour is the same thing as Tories. Paul, fuck them all. Burn the government. Burn them all. Sorry. (laughs) But do you not think that the story would have relevance to young people today, and especially in America? Fucking biodome has relevance nowadays. Doesn't doesn't mean doesn't mean we need a fucking remake of it. I, I I mean have we what's the guy's name, the weirdo looking guy? Ansel Elgort. Have has he been uncancelled yet? Have the has it been what did he do? Did he What's he done? Oh he was doing oh, all sorts. He whipped, did he whip the wally out? He was he, <laughs> <laughs> he did a Louis CK right in front of Spielberg. Oh Ansel, keep it on your pants. And still, I got. I don't know. He did something. It was some. I think we're obviously diminishing the accusations of a teenage girl who he sexually assaulted, allegedly. Um. So yeah, I think we're discrediting. That. <laughs> so it's a really, it's a, re, it's going to be a really, really like weird kind of film if if we have yeah. this guy who's who's you know supposedly you know sexually assaulted someone, and then we've got the good old Maddie Ziegler who's uh, off the back of a fantastic performance in Sia's music. Yeah, we'll be speaking about that in a minute. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be like the same film that we see with uh, Army Army Hammer in it. But <laughs> have we have we gotten to the bottom of Army Hammer yet? We've had two <laughs> we have two weeks off. Has he has he has it been found that he's eaten someone yet? Uh, no, not yet. Army Hammer is still alleged. <laughs> not, <animal>. not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, so yeah Ansel's in it it's going to happen it's a Spielberg directed temple film but I think it's got some, some sort of relevance it's a story that's always going to get told but uh, like you say if, if they can modernise the the film and make it appeal to new younger audiences then I think it's going to hit a lot of notes especially with Spielberg has he done a musical before Spielberg? Uh, no 1941 had musical set pieces in it Um but it, didn't, it wasn't technically what a musical is, really. Well, we also had a trailer this week for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the next Marvel film to come after the next one. Uh, oh, out, yes! Uh, this is going to have um, the true appearance of the Mandarin. Um, we've got a variety of different... I mean, it's the first uh, Asian, uh, East Asian um, superhero. They're very good mm-hmm. much coming sort of the Kung Fu... Um, legacy of these sort of films playing on the uh, history behind these action stars and it's actually I think showcasing the moves Shang-Chi I'm not familiar with him from the comic books is he like the best martial artist in the world or something um, I'll be honest as well I am, I'm not uh, the biggest follower of, of Shang-Chi 
Um, I'm more, I'm more loving the fact that a Marvel movie is going to come along because, <sighs> let's be honest, the, the two TV shows, and I'm sure we'll speak about Falcon and Winter Soldier some stage. Um, I've been let down by the two TV shows. Okay. So I just, I'm wanting them to get back into, do you know what it feels like? It feels like they've just released these TV shows just as a little taster, as a wee bit of a, there you go, there's there's a wee bit, this is in between our movies, this is is the wee tangy bit in between our movies. And Well, if you notice, they're doing TV shows on Bucky, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, these are B level Avengers, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, Falcon. Obviously, we'll come on to it, but up to now, Loki. You know, he was a a bad guy, and he wasn't even the big bad guy. He was the one controlled by Thanos. You know what I mean? Yeah. The kind of using the TV shows to showcase the lesser characters, the not the non headline stars, and making some out of them. And I think it. I think the. If you put an Avengers film on in about you know five or six years' time, I think you're going to struggle to have the same impact as what the other one's done, unless you build up all those other characters that don't get enough time in the movies. But Shang-Chi, well, well, I think it's great because I'm hoping it's just a straight kung fu film. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a bit of sort of you know, he's the master of kung fu, so I, I want it to be awesome set pieces that look unique and genuine. I want I want the raid. I want Marvel to do a film like The Raid. Yeah, kind of like a... a, a one. Yeah, well, it's kind of going to, hopefully going to be like a mixture between Raid and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you know, Marvel. But the thing that's, the thing that's annoying me about the TV shows and why now that I'm looking at Loki and kind of dreading it is the fact that they're using the TV shows as origins for characters that are already being developed yeah. and their origins of their new names or their their new path. And it's kind of like, no, because we all, like, do we want to talk about Winter Soldier just for a second? All right, I'll tell you what, let's let's <clears> talk <throat> about Winter Soldier then, because we haven't done it week by week, but let's let's just do sort of a bit of a recap and we'll talk about it in full yeah. another time. So what what's, you've, you've seen all... All of them, yeah, I'm up to date. Yeah, I'm up to date on it. Right. So, Go on, I, so spoil, spoilers coming up for Falcon and Winter, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, massive, massive, massive spoilers. Yeah, huge. Um, huge. There was piles of interesting things within it, which I will say. There's lots of interesting facts about it. I think one of the stories that <clears throat> I really connected with was the story of Falcon going back home and like going to the bank and trying to figure out, you know, where, where does an Avenger get his money from? Hmm. That, that was interesting to me because it was just like, fuck, that is true. Because if these guys retire, like, what do they have? Did, do they go to open up fucking shopping centers? You know, what, you know once they're retired, what did they, what did they do to have money? Well, Tony Stark was alive. I'm sure Tony Stark would, you know, have given them money or whatever to live. And but Tony Stark's now gone. So, who, who funds these? Are you telling me Tony Stark in his will didn't say give each of the Avengers one million dollars? But but it's an int- I think it's an interesting fact because or an interesting point because you know how how does an Avenger live if they're not an Avenger? Yeah. 
you know, it's it's it is it is interesting. It's interesting to me because there's so many param parameters of it. Where do they get their money from? Can they do like fucking opening up shopping centers? Can they do that? Do they have to ha sign non-disclosure agreements with Shield? You know, what is Shield? Does Shield actually pay people? Do they have a fucking a pension plan? Well, I can understand where Steve Rogers gets his money from because he's going to have an army pension. But you know, let's take for instance people like like Wanda. So where where does Wanda get money from? Now, we all know that she can create her own worlds and she can create her own towns and she can do all that shit. That's 100%. But let's say that she fly, wants to fly under the radar, doesn't want to do fucking magic anymore, doesn't want to do her normal Wanda stuff. Where does she get money from to be normal? There's, I, no, there's, there's nothing there. She's never been in the army before. So where does she no. get money from? I don't know. And, it's, and that's just one of them things you don't want to... You've got me thinking now. I just think it's into, I just Falcon. think it's interesting. That's like, that's that side's interesting. Yeah, and obviously Falcon's trying to get a loan from the bank now. I, I think, look, it's the, something that happened in the first episode. And I think we're missing out on an awful lot of what went on. <laughs> in this TV show, yeah. But look, ultimately from that we got. Um, I think the main pieces were Falcon's. Basically, this was him earning his stripes, literally, <laughs> as yeah. Captain America. It, it went from rejecting the shield to earning it. Uh, and I love that arc in it. I really did. I wasn't convinced. I thought Bucky should have been Captain America. Um, but I think it was an absolute great choice considering the way the world is and, and the character of Falcon and what he's gone through. I thought that was great. I think US agent uh, John Walker taking over the shield, I mm -hmm. thought, again, that was a great dynamic. It was a really interesting character. I really, really like John Walker. Like I, I, re I, I did believe that he was one of the better characters in the entire show. You Absolutely. know, all, all this fucking, you know, flag smasher shit, that just really annoyed me. Yeah, that was just... And if anything, it's just another Marvel villain being totally forgettable. Yeah. Uh, I think this was intent on setting up Sharon Carter as the power broker. So yeah. she's obviously going to be someone doing something in the background for the next couple of films. Um but for me, the same way that WandaVision was uh, Wanda's ascent into becoming Scarlet Witch, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the origin story of the next Captain America. And yeah. you've got to wonder why couldn't those six episodes be condensed down into one fantastic film? Because they pretty much would have been. That would have been a great film. If you you know cut out a lot of the baggage, but you have that as Sam's story, absolutely that would have made a lot of money so I can see where they're going in terms of putting stuff on Disney Plus I like that it's got so much relevance now and it, and it's another Marvel show where now if you go to watch the next film and suddenly Falcon flies in as Captain America you won't have a fucking clue what's going on So and, it's but see I, dis I, I disagree with you there completely because we all knew that, that Sam was going to be Captain America at the end of Endgame that's true. That didn't that didn't need to be you know heightened. There, 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 there was absolutely like let's down to the bare bones. There was generally no point in in Falcon Winter Soldier apart from Sharon become the power broker. That was it because we already knew that Sam was going to be Captain America. We already knew it. But yeah, yeah, Bucky, he, he, he Bucky yeah, he going through his tournament as well, coming out. The yeah, th yeah, that 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 was semi interesting. Yeah, that was semi interesting. That you know the psychiatrist and stuff I like got there. That was very into him. You know, atoning for his sins and things I like got there. You know, I get that, but that that was one of the better bits. But you know, ultimately, we know Bucky's tormented. 
that's what he was doing in Wakanda for a year and a half. You know, that's that's why he was there. That's why they gave him the title the White Wolf. That's why he he you know the people of Wakanda you know kept him there, deprogrammed him, and all that. We knew he was suffering. Like we knew that. We also knew that Sam was Captain America. So ultimately, what the fuck was the point in Falcon and Winter Soldier? There was no point. It was literally just the exact same as One Division. The whole thing was to give Wanda her name, Scarlet Witch. That was it. I was like, well, okay. So let's give, oh, let's give Sam the Captain America title. Yeah, Captain America already gave him the Captain America title. So what is the point of this? Yeah, but we're going to put some um, uh, social commentary on it. Do we need that? Do, do we need it? I'm just letting you that's, talk. You go. But that's, the, but that's the question. Do we need it? Did we need it? We didn't. And that's why I'm fearing. That's why I'm fearing Loki. Because I, I think they're going to introduce Loki as obviously Loki, but Loki as something else. Loki. Do you know what I mean? This is and, yeah. This is Avengers 2012 Loki. So yeah, but what, what we want, but what we want, what me and you want, what, what we spoke about for the last year about these TV shows, what we've spoke about with, you know, multiple people online and Twitter and having conversations about this, we, we want these to be entrance vehicles into the new world. Like we want it to be, and we know what's going to happen. At the end of Loki, there'll be one wee tiny thing and somebody will show up and give it the, and then that'll be it. And you'll be like, oh, it was all worth it. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I've wasted my time watching WandaVision. I've wasted a lot of my time watching fucking uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. And now I'm going to waste my time watching Loki. And <laughs> so you're going to keep watching? Of course I fucking am. Because I'm hooked. I'm a fucking addict. Okay, so WandaVision versus Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which Falcon do Winter you Soldier. enjoy? Which do you enjoy? I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier a lot more. 100%. I, 100% I, I agree there. More fun. Um, I was more entertained. I was more engrossed in it. It didn't annoy me as much as One Division. One Division no. annoyed me because it was, it it knew how to get a memeable moment. It knew how to get a gif going, a, an online, you know what I mean. And and they uh, all knew in One Division. They all knew that we wanted something of a future story. They knew that, and they and and they milked that online, and they fucking teased it <clears throat> online, and they fucking lied to us online and kept us all fucking dangling because we're all just fucking junkies hanging out a bus window waiting for the fucking drug dealer to throw the heroin at the, at the window that's where we're all fucking the arms all out ah, give us something and then they stuck their two fucking fingers up us at the end of fucking one division falcon and winter soldier though was a lot more it, it was a much more linear narrative. You could understand what was going on. It, it, yeah, they it, subtly it, threw their fingers up at us. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they just told a story. They just told us a story. It was much more, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, showed us the Vs. Showed us the Vs for a couple of seconds. No, WandaVision genuinely just oh, went, it's like, it's like, what you do, like what you used to do when you saw your mate in the playground. You like, put two two fingers up against your cheek and just go, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're excited for Loki then? I, I'm dreading it now. I'm dreading it. I will critique it and I will fucking say if I do not like it. And I'll be honest, WandaVision was a 4 out of 10. Falcon Winter Soldier was a 5 out of 10. And I know we were going to save it for a future episode and, and maybe talk about it even more, but I really don't want to. Like, I, I, <laughs> I really don't. Because I don't think that there's enough in Falcon Winter Soldier to actually 
do an hour and a half talking about it. And I think it'll just infuriate me. Okay, Oscars happened this weekend or last weekend or whenever the hell we're talking. Um, yeah, I think some of the main headlines coming from this were that it was uh, massively down in terms of viewership year on year. Um, I think it drew about less than 10 million viewers. But at the end of the day, I think everyone's sick of seeing um, award ceremonies over Zoom and people who, sat in their house. Uh, who gives a flying fuck about listen the reason why people the reason why people watch the oscars is to watch all those sycophantic bastards walk up and down the fucking red carpet people generally maybe don't even watch the actual ceremony itself i remember when i used to stay up and watch the ceremony of the oscars like i stayed up for maybe about an hour and a half and then i thought you know what what's the fucking point in sitting up to five o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. watching this bullshit so just rec- watch as much as you can because you knew it's like a four or five hour show record it and then yeah. fucking get up and fast forward through all the bullshit. And for me, it was, um, I used to watch, I mean, red carpet, I was never bothered with, but I used to want to stay up and I'd usually make it through the opening number, you know, the, uh, uh, the Billy Crystal routine or whatever. Yeah. See all Steve Martin. Yeah. Maybe see the awards for, you know, best hair and makeup and best film editing or whatever. And then you're like, okay, right. Time for bed. And then you just wake up next morning and GMTV are doing all the results. And you're like, oh, fuck it. I've seen it all now. Yeah. What my whole uh, my my whole my whole thing of the Oscars is even this year, and I don't want to dis, you know disparage or discredit any of the winners or the nominees or anything out there, but let's be honest, it's it's a pretty weak lineup. You know, there's not there's not a lot of big movies in there for for people to want to fucking sit and watch. I but it's been a pretty weak year for cinema as well, though. There's been a lot. Yeah, that- no, yeah, no, I get, I get that. <laughs> I have been living the pandemic, Paul. I do live in the world with the rest of the people, you know. So some of the big uh, big winners and big losers of the night. Um, Britain's own, Daniel Kaluuya. Get um, in. Won Best Supporting Actor, oh, excuse me, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, have, enough, you seen, have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah? I must admit, I haven't seen it yet. It is on my list to watch. Fucking stupendous. Loved it. My uh, my free time and weekends has been halved recently. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my my movie watching time has been uh, diminished. I can't really do that while I'm driving a car. So um, Chloe Zhao won Best Director for Nomadland. Um, it's on it's on Prime now apparently as well. It's on Prime even now or very soon. It's going to be on Disney Plus I think soon as well. But um, yeah, it's on Prime and again it's on my list. It seems like one of those Oscar-winning films. Most Oscar-winning films, you've just got to be like, you can't put it on for like a, you know, just a fun night watching a movie. Uh, you have to be ready for it. You've got, yeah, you've got to get invested in what you're watching to fully appreciate it. I get that. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that. But, you know, when you sit down on a Saturday night, you know, with a bag of M&Ms and a can of Coke, and you're just like, right, okay, what am I going to watch? Let's stick on the, the film about the woman in the caravan. It's like, nah, I want to... Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I was about to say to you, what, what was the kind of last best picture that you watched that you really enjoyed? But you actually enjoyed Parasite, didn't you? I enjoyed it, but I thought it was weird. But I didn't have a clue what was going on with it. Yeah. Um, I, did, I mean, I literally went into it knowing it was a Korean film called Parasite uh, and it was a comedy drama. I had no clue at all what it was. 
and I managed to drag my mate along as well, who <laughs> doesn't, um, doesn't normally do that with films. And I was just sat there and I'm like, what the hell am I watching here? What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, I'm just going to look through. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the last best picture that I actually enjoyed. And <laughs> the only one that I can remember that I enjoyed was like maybe Return of the King. <laughs> Like really? you went and like you went and enjoyed it. Like you didn't sit there and you know. I watched like Spotlight's a fantastic movie. Watch Spotlight; it's great. Um, you know, but I I can't say that I went there into it thinking, oh, I can't wait to see Spotlight. Oh, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see Spotlight. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see Birdman. Oh yeah, you know. I'm trying to think of the last major movie that I really fucking couldn't wait to see as a best picture. And I I'm genuinely so sh- I genuinely believe it, you can't you can't go, oh 12 years a slave. Oh I yeah, saw, I can't I wait to I see that. Shape, I saw Shape of Water at the cinema and I thought it would all right. But I now refer to it as the fish fucking film. So I don't know. Um because yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no country for old men. Did that win best best picture? That was 2007, Jesus. Are we really discrediting the Oscars in there? Well, I mean, I just can't remember the last one that I watched that I really enjoyed. That was uh, pumped to see. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe that was pumped to go see. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait. I think it was Return of the King. I genuinely believe it was Return of the King. Argo. Again, I I, I thought Argo was a great movie. But I wasn't fucking walking into Argo going, oh, I can't wait to see Argo. Oh, yeah, fucking Argo. Crash. I watched that again the other day. It's fucking awful. Yeah, Lord of Rings Return of the King, 2003. Wow. Glad that it, it? That's, the last, that's the last movie that got people that got me jazzed about the fucking Oscars. Um, so who else won this year then? See, here's one for you. We were fully behind Wolfwalkers uh, for Best Animated Feature Film, uh, being mm-hmm. from uh, the Fair Emerald Isle. It got bitten by Soul. Um, Soul was all right. I think, you know, what really annoys me is I think a lot of people now, a lot of Academy members do say that they don't watch all the animated features. Usually they'll just look and go, well, my guess is they'll look and go, oh, Pixar do good films. I think I think a lot of the Academy members, Paul, watch movies like we watch movies. Whenever we have four movies to watch for the Sunday, and yeah. like you're you're cramming them in on a Friday, and you're trying to write as many notes as humanly possible, but you're missing shit. Do you know what I mean? You're just you're missing stuff, and then but every once in a while you you hit on a movie and it's like, oh, I really like that. I'll vote for that one. And I believe that that's probably what they do as well. Probably, best visual effects. Now I think this is just shows what you're saying about this year in terms of you know big movies best visual effects usually that's filled with marvel maybe a star wars in there this was love and monsters which were all right effects the midnight sky mulan the one and only ivan and tenet they're not exactly the tenet win it tenet one yeah yeah but they did you know what i, I watched that and Christ, we'll do an episode on it one day. But. I, but you know what? Do you know what we, what, what we were going to ask each other, like about we're going to watch the best picture, you know, nominees and things like that there before it. And I'm yeah. looking through the best picture nominees, and I actually watched one, two, three, four of the movies. Like that—that that probably the most I have watched in any 
uh, best picture Oscar nomination year. I know I watched them all last. I think it was last year. We I know there were like Jojo Rabbit and a bunch of stuff other in there. And I watched a lot of them last year, but best picture then this year, Nomadland. Um, we said well, I think we're going to watch that, but um, up against Mank. So out of the four that you've seen, what were the four that you'd saw? I watched the trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, I watched Sound of Metal last night. Um, I've watched Mank and I've seen Judas and the Black Messiah. So what would you have gone for out of them four? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. No, um, I've heard re- I've heard really good things about that promising young woman, and I think it's on Prime as well. So I'm, I'm, I might actually give that a watch tonight as well. See, I was actually looking for all these films on my streaming services before the Oscars, and I couldn't find any of them. Suddenly, they win an Oscar, and everybody's wanting to put them on. Um, it's just a shame. Wouldn't mind seeing them before the Oscars, you know. Um, I know because you're you're, you're the all important nomination. <laughs> my vote means everything. Um, best actress in the Legion role, Frances McDormand wins her second, third Oscar. I think it's her third. Did she win third. for Billboards? She won, she won for Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, it's her so. third. Yeah, it's her third. Um, now the main. There's always a. It's not really a blunder, is it? I mean, we have the La La Land hiccup with Warren Beatty not reading a, a card properly. Um, this year, they decided to put on... Usually, it's the best picture winner that goes last. This year, they decided to put the best actor in a leading role uh, last um, with Chadwick Boseman, who had been mopping up at the other awards, expecting him to get his posthumous um, victory. Um, and the win actually went to Anthony Hopkins for The Father. And I've seen a lot of stuff online about people sort of absolutely kicking off that how dare they not vote for Chadwick Boseman? How, why did they put it on last expecting Anthony Hopkins to win one silly tart from the uh, telegraph, which I'm not going to name her because she's not worth it. Suggesting uh, Anthony Hopkins was discrediting Chadwick Boseman's legacy by not getting, <laughs> and by not collecting his award. Um, he's an 83-year-old man with health problems. Why should he stay up till five in the morning watching your fucking award show? <laughs> who was who? Who was in Wales? <laughs> it was in fucking Wales. He's <laughs> an 83-year-old man, and you, you, you expect him to stay up till four or five in the morning? Oh, Anthony, you're going to win an award. Great, I've won one. Good night. I see you later. I won. I won the. I won the one that was meant the most to me. Besides the lamps. See you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Let me know in the morning. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye. I'm just. I think it's outrageous that people are suggesting. And then say, oh well, they didn't. Uh, didn't collect his bafter either. Who gives a fuck? I, it, like if if you're Anthony Hopkins, do you really give a shit? Like he's Anthony Hopkins is is doing some painting or something tonight. And he could not give two flying fucks what we think about him. But most importantly, he couldn't give two flying fucks what anybody thinks about him. <laughs> He's just doing his painting and enjoying himself. So anyway, um, right. The Razzies, uh, which normally come the night before the Oscars. Um, yeah. So these are celebrating the worst of the worst that Hollywood has given this year. And again, it's been a bad year. Worst picture, uh, 365 days, absolute proof, do little fantasy iron music. I'm actually quite disgusted at myself that I've seen more of the worst picture nominees, <laughs> Razzies, than I have for the best picture nominees at the Oscars. Well, Fantasy Island, this one, this one, uh, well, I've never heard of this Fantasy Island. Have you not? No, and I'd like I've seen all these Razzie nominations, and I'm like, I, I, I've never heard of this movie. Do you know what? Um, do you remember the old TV show Fantasy Island? Yeah, 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 with uh, Ricardo Montalban. 
Yeah, was it Nicknack? You know, oh, the... from Bond. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nicknack. That's how I remember him. Nicknack. Um, well, it's a horror movie version of that TV show. Right. So it's the same lot that did uh, Get Out and all that. What do they call them? Please shout at you. Shout at your podcast players while we're trying to remember the name of it. Anyway, it's this. Uh, it's this group. Um, Movie studio that takes sort of uh, Jordan Peele. Fuck yeah, get out! What they called? You... Fuck you! Right, I'm finding this. Talk amongst yourselves. I don't know, but Fantasy Island. That's it. Well, as soon as I seen Fantasy Island, I just thought to myself, that can't be the one about you know the little person on the island with Ricardo Montalban and people fly to the island to live out their their fantasies. Yes, absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. Bloom House. Bloomhouse, stick that. Stick. How do you like them apples? Uh, Bloomhouse pictures. Um, yeah, that would that that there was just like Goodwill Hunting. I remember when fucking <laughs> Matt Damon started searching Google to try and get the writer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, there's Michael Pena, uh, Maggie Q, Lucy Hill, Austin Stall. This was very much. They came to this island promising to live out their fantasies. Uh, one person wanted to torture her school bully uh, another person just wanted to party party all night and party all day man um and then it kind of descended into this weird i don't know it was garbage it was absolute garbage did you and you've actually watched it i watched it it was a long oh, okay. lockdown man it was a long lockdown did you have uh your willy out wasn't it no no it's, it was it, it wasn't one of those kind of horror films no, um but the worst picture went to have you seen Doolittle? Do you know what? No, <laughs> I, I am. I, I have uh, retired Robert Downey Jr. now from my mind. He's he is Tony. He will always be Tony, and now Tony's dead. Tony and Robert Downey are both dead to me. Imagine uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing Sherlock Holmes with a Welsh accent, and that's him and Doolittle. Uh, do you know what? I'll I'll rescind that retirement. As soon as the third Sherlock Holmes movie ends. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll retire him again. <laughs> yeah, then we'll retire him again. Um, so Absolute Proof won Worst Picture. Absolute Proof. Uh, this is the documentary. Trump, whatever. Forget about him. Kill him. Um, kill Jesus the idea. Christ. Kill, the, kill the idea of him. <laughs> Jesus. All, okay. all right. Secret <laughs> Service. <laughs> Os- Osama Bin Paul. <laughs> <laughs> These are gonna um, these are gonna be released in a couple of years. Somebody's gonna see the videotape of this. Uh, you sitting, in your, Trump, you sitting in your room with, with a big fuck off beard, you know, done with Trump. Oh, no, no, no. Like, oh, no. And there's a Northern Irish guy talking in the background as well. He's selling him arms. Worst actress. Uh, this is where we come into our own. Kate Hudson for music. Worst actress. Did you know I think we spoke about this? Kate Hudson wasn't that bad. She made an awful choice of the movie, but she wasn't that bad in the movie. No. Worst supporting actress, Maddie Ziegler for music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I still think it's a bit harsh. She's still a bit young to be given a Razzie. Like, I know she's an adult. In the eyes of the law, she's an adult. Now I get it. But, you know, come on, lay off her. You know, she's she's had a tough year. (laughs) Kristen Wiig. Um, got nominated for worst spot. Yeah, no, not no. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. 
Nah. Because think, again, again, one of the best things, she was one of the best things about Wonder Woman. And can I say, she looked a little bit hot when she was uh, playing the cheetah lady at the end. Sex- sexual awakenings. Well, you know, I have uh, Googled a few pictures of it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> and if anybody finds pictures of cat sex on your computer. <laughs> well, no, not that far. <laughs> Worst supporting act- actor, Rudy Giuliani for Borat 2. <laughs> you see... See this one, I understand why that, that's a good that's a good burn. Like it's yeah. a it's it's a good burn that one. Yeah. But have you have you watched Borat? Oh, I've seen Borat. I've seen Borat. It was like he he genuinely wasn't pulling this deck out. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't. He was he was he what? No, he, it was a very strange way to be tucking your your shirt in. But he was tucking his shirt in. Let's 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 be honest. Worst screen combo. Rudy Giuliani and his pants zipper won. <laughs> <laughs> Again, great burn. Great burn. Um, worst screen combo, Rudy Giuliani won. Robert Downey Jr. and his utterly unconvincing Welsh accent. Okay. Harrison Ford and that totally fake-looking CGI dog in Call of the Wild. You see, I, I see these kind of movies. I have. I, there's two things I always think about. I've, I've never heard of the movie, and what the fuck was Harrison Ford doing in it? Uh, Adam Sandler and his great and simpleton voice, Hubie Halloween. I've never seen that. I've given up on Adam Sandler from Don't Mess With The Zoan. I actually enjoyed Hubie Halloween, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Who do you think got worst director? <laughs> it can only be one. It can only be her. See <laughs> for music is the winner. I, I don't understand how she didn't win worst cameo as well. Um, also nominated was Charles Band for all three Barbie and Kendra movies. All three Barbie and Kendra movies in one year. Ron Howard for Hillbilly Elegy. Ron Howard? Yeah. Worst screen. What was the movie called? Um, Hillbilly Elegy. I've never heard of it. Glenn Close is in it. I'm checking up Hillbilly Elegy. Worst remake, ripoff, or sequel? Do little. Yeah, that is pretty awful. When you're pulling bagpipes out of the anus of a dragon, you know you've lost the movie. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> now that makes me want to watch it. A special governor's award for the worst calendar year ever. The winner is 2020. I think that's the Raz is just having a little bit of a joke. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> welcome to i hate your taste in movies i'm jackie and i love action movies but i really hate horror movies i'm jen i love horror movies but i just can't stand musicals and i'm austin i love all things musical but i absolutely hate action movies Join us each week as we share our all-time favorite movies with our friends who will just rip them apart. You can listen to us, I Hate Your Taste in Movies, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at I Hate Your Taste and on Instagram at Hate Your Taste Pod. Join us as we put our friendship to the test every week and learn surprising things about each other. Like how Austin saw the movie Pitch Perfect in theaters 12 times. Which is perfectly acceptable. Or how Jackie played with oil cans as a child. Normal childhood behavior. Or how watching a zombie movie makes Jen want to eat chicken wings. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We release new episodes every Tuesday. And for the record, I hate your taste in movies.
Sorry, I'm eating a cracker. I'm just waiting for you to finish eating the cracker, if that's all right. <laughs> well, I got two crackers, so there's going to be another cracker being eaten. Not right now, but there's going to be another cracker it's being done. eaten at some point when we're, some point when we're talking about Knives Out. <laughs> all you can hear is... <laughs> it's not a cracker. <laughs> all right, go cool then, Knives Out. So I put a poll on just before Mortal Kombat came out. I said, um, shall we talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation or Knives Out? I said Mortal Kombat Annihilation because it was in in the run-up to the new Mortal Kombat film coming out, Mm -hmm. uh, which we will talk about next week, and I'm sure that film is absolutely fantastic. And I put Knives Out because it's actually a fantastic modern-day whodunit sleuth that subverts expectations, and I wanted to know whether the audience has wanted to listen to one or the other, and they voted overwhelmingly for Knives Out. So, do you want to tell the audience how great this film is, Come or shall I start? Yeah, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't get how you feel about this. Why do you think this film is a piece of shit? This is a fantastic film. It's so much fun. It's uplifting. It's got a fantastic message. What's fun fantastic. about it? Tell me, tell me what's fun about it. It's, tell it's me a, what's fun. Give me, give me something that's fun about it. Rump. What, what, what rump? Chris Evans is fantastic. Anna de Amiris is amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis gives the best performance since <laughs> True Lies. I can't think of it. It's a mystery that, like I say, it, it doesn't save the twist for the end. It's got twists laid for, throughout. It's got red herrings planted there just to lure you in, and it takes you on a roller coaster ride. Anybody who's watching this movie, who doesn't believe that Chris Evans ultimately is the bad person in this movie needs to have their fucking head looked at. An actor who could probably walk in onto any movie set, any movie set anywhere, is not going to take a bit part, five minute little cameo in a movie like this. It's just not going to happen. Anyone that can't see that needs to put their head in a water and drown themselves. It was it was annoying to watch it once. It was, and I will say this, it got a bit better the second time around because the first time around I just got really annoyed about it. And the second time around, why? Because it didn't give me anything new. It didn't give me, I think Daniel Craig, um, Benoit is his detective. Benoit has accent always. Benoit I, Blanc. I I just there are actors in this world who cannot do accents. And Daniel Craig I, is not one of those people. And Daniel Craig is one of them because I cannot, I cannot picture him doing anything, any other accent other than English. I can't I can't see it? And every time I see him fucking trying an accent, it's just like. Oh, stop it. And then to put on this kind of, you know, Mardi Gras fucking, you know, Southern fucking accent, you know, it's just written. It's an irritating no, it it's, an, it's an irritating movie. It's it's nah, it's a smug, it's so, it's so fucking smug. See, it's, it's not, it sits, I think it sits on the right side of being smug. No, it is very much, it. no. 
It but doesn't know. No, exactly. Yeah, it knows exactly what it is. It is, but it's not smug about it. It's telling a story in a very simple. Well, it's not simple narrative wise, but it's telling a simple story about a family and a death in a family. And it's one of these old fashioned. You could see the same thing play out on Murder She Wrote or Columbo. It's it's something new with what's been done before. No. Do you know what annoys me about this movie as well? No, one thing that annoys me about it, it's the whole, you know, Harlan, Harlan Thrombey, his, it, he has set this basically whole thing up. That I thought that's where the movie was going, that he had set the whole thing up as one of his mystery novels and shit like that there. But he is the person who's made his family like this. They are all, you know, semi-codependent family members who need each other to survive. And there's only one person who has created and fucking breathed and birthed that in his family and that is him and then for him to kind of turn around to all his family and basically give him the fingers because he knows he's near out the door you know he's, he's on death's door anyway bar whatever happened to him you know he's on death's door anyway and then he just starts fucking acting like a dick to every single one of his family family members you know for no apparent reason just, ah, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. I'm leaving my money to the maid. Yeah, you're a prick and you're a prick and you get fuck all and you get fuck all. Fuck the lot of you. But I still want you all around and I always still want you to come to birthday parties <laughs> and I always want you to come to my Christmases, but fuck you. You know, no, no. It's, it's smug. It's Tony Collette. Tony Collette plays the same fucking character in every single fucking movie she's in. The own, and sorry, I, I, what I said before is weirdly interrupted. I missed two things. I missed two things the first time around. Second time around, I realized that Jamie Lee Curtis's performance was very, very good. And yes. my, Michael Shannon, I thought, was was pitch perfect yet again. Anything, I, I, any film anything, with Michael Shannon. Yeah, any, anything, anytime Michael Shannon is in a movie and he, and the way he plays that kind of downtrodden kind of, you know, person, I, I, I think he is, he should win every award just because he's Michael Shannon. You know, I think he's fantastic. But, you know, at the, I, I remember watching Brick, Ryan or Ryan Johnson's, Ryan. You know, one of his first movies. Um, and I really enjoyed Brick, you know, and, I think one of the things that obviously annoys me as well about, about Knives Out now is all this fucking talk about Netflix money and stuff like that there. You know, acting they're they're acting as if this movie was monumental. And I think that's what annoys me. That they're they're acting as if these kind of movies have never been made before. And it's like, oh wow, it's such a uh, mind, oh yeah, and they're so smart. No, it isn't. These movies have been done for the last 60 years. You know, Rim and Chandler fucking done, you know, books on these kind of things, movies on these these things. You know, Gosford Park, Clue. I would rather sit and watch Clue, you know, for three or four days than to watch this fucking smug garbage one more time. I'll agree with you that I think the the lauding of it in that respect, the the people saying this is something new. No, it's not. But what I love is that they've taken something old. They've taken. See, I I enjoyed the um, the Poirot one, Murder on the Orient Express, with mm. Kenneth Branagh and his mustache the size of a small walrus, and I really enjoyed that. 
and I love the old sort of the old timer who done it, you know, ensemble cast. Everybody thought, does. Everybody does. Listen, I thought I bought- did that really well, and it was, and it, it's it's not a big budget bonanza. It's not a special effects laden gore fest. It is a group of actors who are playing really unique characters very well, telling a story that's very familiar. So your story writes itself. Your your setting's familiar. It's family strife. All you've got to do is enjoy these performances from this great cast of characters, including Daniel Craig. No. Just a smug... His his, his smug aura mocks me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Frank Reynolds, his smug aura mocks me. Um, but I th- there were a couple of obviously positive things. Um, I, I thought your... Uh, Anna de Armas, is that her name? Yeah. I thought she was very, very good in it as well. You know, she was I a very... Did, I didn't think it needed the vomiting. Well, it's I think they, they needed... They needed, Yeah, they needed that that pivot in the movie, though, didn't they? Yeah. They needed that pivot between her and, and Benoit Blanc. But I'm one of those whose digestive system can be activated by the mere sight of somebody regurgitating food. And, uh, yeah, having to watch a film feeling nauseous all the way as somebody's throwing up it's it, it just kind of spoils it a little bit but i do you know what i will say as well um uh, um uh, emmett walsh was in the movie as well he it played was. the 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 groundskeeper yeah. i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed seeing emmett walsh because i genuinely thought he was dead <laughs> it might be all right <laughs> and he did look like a bit like a corpse as well he did look like a bit of a corpse but ultimately Ultimately, I think this all goes back to Star Wars, Paul. And I understand it. It does. <laughs> it does. That's what I'm trying I, to get to all along. I, listen, I understand. I understand where my semi-distaste of, of Ryan Johnson is, and it all probably stems back to Star Wars. But I do stand by the fact that I think Knives Out is possibly one of the smuggest movies uh, I've seen in a while. And it knew exactly what it was doing. I, yeah, I've really got to disagree. I've really got to disagree. I think it, I think they knew what they were making was something good. And they're all, and you know, you hear that cliche, oh, we all had so much fun making it. I really genuinely believe they just had a lot of fun making this film. There's so much energy into it. It was a great script. The characters are all, like I say, all unique, all relevant to modern day. I, I can't wait to see more. I want to see more Benoit Blanc. I've said it on Twitter and everything. I'd love to see him on a, a murder on the Orient Express. You know, he's on a, a cross Europe train and he's got to solve a murder before the land or some shit like that. So is that is that what the knives out with this series is going to be? No, it's going to be a, a, a mystery things with Benoit Blanc. Is that what it I is? Don't I don't know if that's what I'm wanting it to be. I want it to be Benoit Blanc going on to his next case. I would suggest that you're right. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would say that that's probably what it's going to be. I don't, I mean, maybe a push is probably going to, you know, go to prison and he's got to speak to Ransom and Chris Evans' character. And that's a little cameo for somebody from, the, you know, from the older film or whatever. But no, it, it, Chris it, Evans will not, no, Chris Evans will be not nowhere near these movies anymore. It'll be, um, it, it'll be something like the Marvel Universe as well, where there'll be a, a TV on in the background talking about this new millionaireess who's got all of Harlan Thromby's money or something. They'll be, they'll be linking them all together. And I can't I wait. Like, I do, but I do like how Don Johnson's kind of having a, a mini revival. So he's yeah. been Knives Out and uh, he was in the Watchmen TV show as well. 
So it's kind of having like a mini Don Johnson revival. I, I like I like that. I rem- I like Nash Bridges. You know what I mean? I, Nash I watched Nash. Nice. It's fucking great, wasn't it? <laughs> 25 minutes later and that's why I love Nash Bridges <laughs> Nash Bridges uh, Sequest DSV uh, what else Chicago Hope uh, Renegade remember Renegade <laughs> I don't remember do you remember Sliders oh I remember Sliders of course Jay O'Connell do you remember a UK TV show with Cal McLaughlin I think I've mentioned this Bugs and it was about a team. It's always a team who get hired. And the like super spies, like super like spy kind of thing. Like little spy cameras and microphones. Yes, 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 I remember. Like, oh, we've got this hidden camera that we're putting in this bag or something. It's like 25 kilo size bag that they just place on tape. But um, I, yeah, look, knives out. I, just, I wanted to know why you didn't like this so much. I don't get it. I don't. I. I can't see the smugness. I get. I don't. I think it's the right side of smug. I really do. I just. I. I. I don't. I. I generally don't believe it is. I think there's very few characters in it that are believable, that are likable, that are you can connect with even even the person even you know harlan thromby the person who has done you know the main crux of the story who you should like because he's given his money away to you know to uh, to maria and taken it away from all his god-awful family like i just keep going back to the fact that you've created this god-awful family you've created the mess of this god-awful family it's you who's done it you know, you've created this vindictiveness between them all. You've you've created, you know, their lust and their want for money. You are the one who has then pulled the rug from underneath them. You know, there's a few obviously notable exceptions. You know, Tony Collette stealing money from them and stuff like that there. But it's him who's done all this. But is it not him seeing what his family has become? And yeah, maybe it is because of him. Maybe he pays that ultimate sacrifice by taking his own life because he realizes what he has done to his family. And in the end, he realizes that none of them should get it because they're all bad. Yeah, but that's not the way to live. You know, that's not the way <laughs> to be. That's just being, you know, you are you are chastising them for being vindictive. You are chastising them. You are you are punishing them for being the horrible human beings that you've created by turning yourself into the same horrible human being by. By stopping, like, take a look at Michael Shannon's character. I can't, I can't remember for the life of me his, his name. So, this guy has, this guy has spent his life working at his father's publishing firm. You know, he has, yeah. for better or worse, yeah, yeah, for better or worse, he's worked there the rest of his life. The only thing that he's trying to do is to get his, the publishing rights for movies for his father's books to to make the books more, you know, widespread and appealing and stuff like that. There, that's his crime. That's his crime for being taken away from, you know, the the millions or whatever, whatever he was going to get, you know, and not only that, he's fired him. <laughs> he's, he's basically, he's fired him for coming up, for, you know, for, for coming to him with the idea constantly, try, trying to convince him that this is a good thing to do. And like, you're sitting there looking at it going, what? why are you so mean? Like, I don't understand, like, I genuinely don't understand. In a world of video stores and late fees, when movies ain't what they used to be, 
One podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic. The VHS will rise and screaming will fall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave, this has got to be the worst promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer, man, Dave, I want a training montage. Coming soon on a podcast near you. If you listen to one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all of the podcasts, then the VHS Strikes Back is one to try. Right, well, so obviously with Knives Out 2 um, coming to Netflix, and we said earlier it was, uh, I think, $450 million they've paid um to acquire the rights so that's not actually paying to make the films that's just acquiring the rights to broadcast them on their streaming service um but now is out two and three are very much a thing that are happening it's an incredible amount of money though isn't it oh absolutely i, I think it's a big statement for what netflix can do now and, and i think mm. that's a big that, that's bypassing cinemas if you think that um knives out took about 360 million worldwide and it cost about forty million to make, so call it fifty million with uh, sixty million with marketing and stuff. So it's covered about three hundred million quid. That's a lot of money not going through a cinema, you know, yeah. cinemas. Um, two of those films, you know, that's just two, you know, mystery whodunits. That you know, what's going to happen when Disney start working out that, you know, Black Widow made money on Disney Plus as well as cinemas, and it, I think it's it's a way it's the way it's going to be. I really do. Uh, it's frightening. It's frightening that, you know, cinemas can be put against the wall this much uh, through streaming services. And this is ultimately where it was going to go, wasn't it? You know, this is this was where it was going to go. But people just thought that the cinema and the movie industry was was too big to, to fail kind of thing. A bit like a Leeds United. You know, it was too big to fail. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> it was too big to fail. But I mean, what, like the European Soccer League. The European <laughs> Soccer League. The that one that the Chelsea fans play. put an end to? Ah, oh, fuck off. Ah, oh, you're ripping him a death! Only reason right, Petacek came out to, only reason Petacek came out to talk to you was because he was late for fucking the match. He got stuck in a crowd. He don't care about you. You don't care about football. You tried to destroy football. No, the Chelsea fans love football. The Chelsea fans pulled football back from the brink, Paul. I I know and I know you can't accept that, but when the Chelsea fans stopped that bus ten minutes later was when Chelsea announced they were falling out. I was going to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you might should have announced someone pulling out. Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was going to. I was going to ask you about um, Rotten Tomato scores for Best Picture Oscar winners. Okay. Um... To be honest, though, they're that random. I'm going to name some. Uh, I'm going to name some films that have got surprisingly um, that have got surprising scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Shall we say? It's <laughs> surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. It's up to you. Depends how you see it. <laughs> Forrest Gump. What score on Rotten Tomatoes? Forrest Gump. I'll go seventy-six. Seventy-one. Ooh, quite close. Gladiator. 
Gladiator would be high. 89. 77. No way. I, I, yeah, I thought that would be a lot higher. It's, um, oh, there is an adjusted score, but anyway. Um, I did I did hear a story ages ago from Ridley Scott, and he wanted to make a Gladiator 2. Did you hear the story? Yeah, I've heard this. Go on, you tell it. And it was basically Maximus fighting his way out of hell yeah. um, to save his wife and his son from purgatory. But didn't he have to fight through like all the wars on Earth? So he I went through. What, I can't remember what it was. I thought it was. I thought he was basing it kind of think on um, Dante's Inferno. So right. basically, he had to go through like seven levels. Is that what I think it's seven levels? The seven levels of levels of hell. But wasn't it Nick Cave that wrote? wrote the script from Bad Seeds or did he write some of the music for it? Like a concept album or something? Fuck, I don't even know. Someone like Nick Cave. Um, Shakespeare in Love. Mm -hmm. Five? 92%. Jesus. I actually actually rewatched Shakespeare in Love and it's not, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's passable. It's watchable. But it's not 92. It's not 92 and it's not a Best Picture Oscar winner. In fact, I'll come on to that in a minute. So that's 92% Shakespeare in Love. Um, Deer Hunter. Hmm. It's got to be big, doesn't it? It's got to be either late 80s, early 90s. Idiot. 92. Okay. The same (laughs) as Shakespeare in Love. Well, did you read the news today about uh, Citizen Kane? Oh, go on. Oh, well, I didn't read, <laughs> did, did read this, but come on, we're doing the, we're doing the news now, so come on. So uh, apparently, Citizen Kane has lost its Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. <laughs> perfect movie score yes. uh, because of an because of an eighty year old fucking movie review. Um, and it has popped down to 99%. And now the greatest movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes, of all time is... Paddington 2! <laughs> yes! Yes! Yeah! It is a perfect movie. It is just perfect. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen them. <laughs> oh, have you not? I've never seen them, though. Oh, watch them with Aurora. It is fantastic. Do you remember? Do you remember when you're growing up, right? I think we spoke about this in the past. You're either a Biker Grove person or a Grange Hill person. You're either you home were, and away or neighbours. You were home and away. You were neighbours. Yeah. You were either BBC News Round or doing anything else but watch BBC News Round. Oh, sorry. To anybody, about- to anybody under age of thirty listening to this, this is when children used to be able to watch TV between three o'clock and five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So I was I was more the Biker Grove kind of guy. I was more the watch anything other than BBC Newsround kind of guy. Paddington always, <laughs> Paddington always bored the shit out of me. Ah, oh, no. And I think, it's... and I think, but I think that that's that's what's put it in my head that I was like, why the fuck would I want to watch Paddington fucking bear? It's just wonderful. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It, it's beautiful. Genuinely, right. I'm not. I, genuinely, it's just lovely. It's like a big warm hug. 
Paul, can you put your pa- can you put your penis away there, please? That's, uh, that's, pat- <laughs> I, that's my little Paddington. No, you're pat you're padding it out. <laughs> but Susan, and it's probably one of the few films where the sequel is better than the first one. All right. So, <laughs> saying. <laughs> There's our five-star review of Well, my five-star review of Paddington 2. Next week, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. It'll be uh, a better episode next week with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> my hatred for fucking knives out just shuts me down. <laughs> uh, and we're going to do a quiz. So be Yay. prepared for another quiz. Um, and it's going to be a birthday, so we're going to have cake. I can't have cake. <sighs> Tofu cake. I can have some banana bread, maybe. Like, not low, low sugar banana bread. Give me some banana bread. Hold the banana. <laughs> Hold the sugar, baby. That's what I say to Rachel. I'll slap her in the ass, and then she'll punch me in the head. You know what? If we go and back and listen to our first episode, it's just me and you, drunk as skunks, fucking falling over. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's a fucking movie, chef. God, yeah, fucking... <laughs> and, and then life, like... life, took, life took over in July. Yeah. <laughs> And then a year later, it's, I really wonder if the calorie count in halloumi bread can moderate my calorie intake. It's 152,000 steps I did last week, Paul. Oh, my God, that's only 152,000 more until you've done nearly 300. <laughs> so anyway, your homework for next week is to watch Paddington, watch Mortal Kombat. Oh, <laughs> don't don't give me two up. movies, fuck's sake. Don't get them mixed up. Watch Paddington. <laughs> No, you got three because you've got to watch Paddington 1 and then you'll straight away put Paddington Hang on. 1. How did we turn from Mortal Kombat into fucking Paddington 1 and 2 in Mortal Kombat? That's, that's no daily. All right. <laughs> All right, next week, Mortal Kombat. Brand new Mortal Kombat. Next week. Um, anything else from you, sir? Mm, no, just uh, fuck the DUP. <laughs> Uh, obviously follow us on Twitter at Pod Movie Chef. Uh, subscribe to us where you can get our weekly episodes coming into your ears. Uh, obviously, uh, we're also on Instagram. Take it away, Com. Yep. So that's everything from us for this week. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much, everybody. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Love you. Keep your penis in your trousers. <laughs> All the shark has pretty teeth, dear, and he shows them a pearly white. Just a jackknife has Mac heat, dear, and he keeps it outside. When the shark bites with his teeth, dear, scarlet billows. Start the spray Fancy gloves though Where's my heat dear So there's not a trace Of red On the sidewalk Sunday morning even Lies a body Oozing light Someone sneaking Around the corner Is there someone Mac the knife?